Hey everybody, this is the uh, the bonus episode of Nobody Likes Casey McLean, the nightcap we call it. And on today's episode, I'm drinking a Red Stripe Jamaican Lager beer, straight out of the uh, 11.2 ounce stubby little bottle. Easily the most fun bottle to drink out of, I think. It makes you feel like a giant. There used to be a there was a Seinfeld joke about um, how like hotel room soap made him feel like a giant. And I kind of feel that way. Not only that, but I can just like hammer Red Stripe for some reason. Just like an unlimited amount at an, at just a, whatever speed of, like the speed of gravity is the only thing that's slowing it down. Oh man. I'm fresh off of, uh, I got fitted for my golf clubs today. I've never done that before. There's a thing about having like a little bit of money that I realize I tried out for the golf team at my high school. And I've been thinking a lot about this as I've, because I didn't make the team and it's, I don't, I wasn't like a good sophisticated golfer. Like I, I absolutely needed some coaching, but I have like, believe it or not, people who've seen me in person have seen my physique in person. I actually do have a decent amount of athleticism. Uh, in fact, today I got uh, I got fitted for the, so I already own the clubs, but I got fitted for them, and they're going to adjust a couple things to to optimize the performance. And this is something it cost me one hundred sixteen dollars. By the way, shout out to Joey at um at uh, Putts Golf in Seattle. Go check out that fucking facility, by the way. It's on Aurora. First off, uh, I took a wrong turn and ended up driving on more of Aurora than I had planned on. Aurora, by the way, if you're from the south end, is I think it's what Pacific Highway becomes. And boy, there are some professional women on that street. It is quite a, I guess, like, we don't really have that in the part of Tacoma Washington that I live in. And I used to work on Pacific Highway in Des Moines, Washington. And we had like a little bit of that type of, uh, that type of, of, uh, working professional there, but not to this degree, like kind of like almost like an SVU episode. Like this is the area where there's like seven of these, like, a it was like the beginning of a pretty woman. We're like, this is where all the hookers hang out. And there's like, you know, on a two block stretch, there's like 15 hookers. And I talked to every single one of them. Listen, I need to know things about these people, okay? Um, I didn't talk to any of them, but I... So, anyways, point is, uh, Putts Golf Seattle has this like... Has a very old Seattle feel to it. Where like, it's on, I don't know how many acres it's gotta be. It's gotta, so it has a full driving range out the back. Like you walk in and it's like a, you know, golf shop, really cool. Actually has a parking lot, which for Seattle is like in the modern day, you're like, well, yeah, we're going to have 11,000 people drive by per second and you're going to have a storefront, but there's nowhere to park easily. This place has a parking lot with like 50 parking spots, uh, 
and this huge driving range out the back of it. It's like fucking amazing. And they have a this TrackMan system, this like launch monitor to to help you. Not only does it you fit clubs with it, but um, you get to see like spin rate, uh, club path. They have a cool like camera behind you. And so, um, yeah, I've realized that this is like when you're a golf coach, there is a certain amount like, you know, you can be a baseball coach and you're like, well, the team is going to have a certain amount of bats and we're all going to have helmets. And, you know, if I have to buy one kid a cup or whatever, he could probably use his friend's bat. Like he'll have a glove. So like you can kind of get by as like a poor or lower middle class kid on a baseball team because there's not like the equipment is like almost secondary. We're like, I kind of wonder when I tried out for the golf team, I had like this ratty old bag. I still have all the clubs. They're like uh tour edge is the brand. It's like a, uh, I actually looked to see how much I could trade them in for on this used club website. And it's like literally under a dollar per club. They offer like 15 cents or something like that. Like it's not even worth the shipping for them to to bring it to their facility because they'll they just aren't gonna sell. And um Yeah, so I like I think back on that now and I'm like, well, I mean, obviously these clubs weren't fit for me. Also, they're like the cheapest possible clubs, and I got them used. So these are like and they're old. So like the club faces are small and all that stuff. And as a, I guess as a golf coach, you kind of got to look at that stuff and go like, yeah, maybe this kid has natural talent. Like I went to this golf fitting today, for example, and I've, I'm 17, I took a 17 year break from golfing and I still have the coordination, like the hand-eye coordination and the strength to, from baseball, basically. And this is where I've developed a lot of this, like kind of, uh, but I, my swing speed on irons is like close to they had a they had a big chart behind this uh this fitting station and my swing speed is close to a um like tour pro's swing speed average sorry average not the highest there's guys that have super high swing speeds but like it's not swing speed that's stopping me. It's some part of it is like consistency and mechanics and form and all that shit. Hopefully the the fitting will uh, will alleviate some of the other problems. And then, yeah, but it was like, I don't know. I think about it and it's like, this is $115. Probably when I was playing high school golf, when I would have been playing high school golf, it was less. We could have gone and done that. We could have gotten the clubs I had adjusted. They probably weren't worth adjusting. A couple hundred bucks could have got a nice used set of clubs. And maybe I'd be a better golfer. Maybe I'd be a colossal prick now. Maybe I wouldn't have, uh, maybe I would never have started comedy. If you believe in any of the like butterfly effect stuff, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. Maybe I'd be a fucking tech CEO. Who knows? Maybe I'd go on a golf. I did hear a uh, comedian, Nate Bargatze say that the, least used scholarship in college is a women's golf scholarship. And he has at least one daughter. I don't know if he has multiple kids, but I have a daughter and, uh, unrelated to me starting playing golf. I have thought about like, Oh, that would be kind of, first off, it'd be so fun if my daughter got into golf and we could go golf together. 
like how many dads and daughters have that specific bond that'd be pretty pretty cool and then also yeah i mean if if we could i mean who knows what college is even going to look like my daughter's two and a half who knows what it's going to look like in uh 15 years when she's you know on the verge of going to college but if we get her on a golf scholarship we got to get this kid to be a nerd that doesn't party and gets a golf scholarship that would be i think the optimal outcome um I took my daughter, I had a, it was my, my sister's getting married in August and I had a, my, my wife went out for her bachelorette party and I stayed home with my daughter. And a lot of times in the past when my wife goes out of town, I don't really have like plans that weekend. This time, uh, I already had two. So one of my, my friend, um, maybe guest of this podcast, but uh, I used to have a podcast with him. My buddy Taylor Bonzer bought a house with his wife and uh, they we warmed it. We went and warmed it. And my, my daughter was not uh, in a great mood the, the entire time we were there. She came around. She met a kid there. They were running around having fun, but uh, we went to the zoo. And I, I also, we went to the zoo with perhaps my most liberal friend and I'm I have some moral conflict with the zoo if you yeah I mean I I don't know it is I don't know is it fucked up there's like two parts right where you're like it's fucked up that these specific animals are in cages absolutely but it's also like how much have we learned about keeping animals healthy how much have we learned about preservation it's like that uh do you guys remember a couple years ago when Cecil the lion got hunted and there was a couple things that uh, people don't realize one is that in Africa uh, there's like enough we don't have fucking lions coming into our city if a mountain lion comes into a city they shoot the fuck out of that lion in California or Washington or wherever um yeah like dying from a wild animal attack is like a real problem in Africa. Also, if I remember the story right, the way that it was actually, that it actually went, not the way that it blew up, the dude that got it, so in order to get the license to go hunt a lion, you have to spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars that goes directly towards the preservation of lions. And to maybe like surrounding areas, but like, because we decided, by the way, the, 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 the thing that annoys me the most is like this, just cause this lion got named. It's like, uh, you know, Harambe, the gorilla. What did, do we ever figure out was Harambe? Cause so people have blamed Harambe for, uh, for the, um, Oh, They've called the uh, the Harambe um, <laughs> when a child fell into Harambe's cage. The cage at the Cincinnati Zoo is like the beginning of when things got fucked up in this country. So, like, was that two thousand? That was two thousand sixteen. Later that year, Trump got elected, and then blah blah blah. blah. You know the you know the rest. We all lived it. Um, 
Interesting. I think you would have uh, you would have potentially thought that these were uh, white folks the way that people reacted. I guess they are not. Um, as I look it up, but yeah, like Harambe is a an, uh, an elephant, a gorilla who has a name. But most gorillas don't have a name. Just because he has a name doesn't make him his life more valuable. Just because Cecil had a had a name. How do we get to this? Um, we were golfing a minute ago. Oh, the zoo. Yeah, the zoo's fucked up. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Like, there's an elephant there. The elephant wasn't the, the first time we took our daughter to the zoo. The elephant wasn't there at the Point Defiance Zoo. Also, by the way, their polar bear died. <laughs> and they have just like a sign that says blizzard like 1997 to, or maybe 95 to 2022 talks about his death, etc. And it's like uh that's sad. What's let's see. That's a, a it was a 27-year-old gorilla. I remember that. It's not gorilla. Polar bear. Polar bear lifespan in the wild is what I want to know. Twenty-five to thirty years in the wild. Okay, I take it all back. I guess they are like an alpha predator, but um yeah, there's this elephant there that's just like they I don't I think it's the only elephant. I mean, how many elephants can you keep? And yeah, it's like it never gets to see another elephant. It's kind of fucked up. You spend your whole life, you just don't, you know, you don't get to see another being of your species. You just get a you see a bunch of human beings. It is a little fucked up. But my daughter loved it. She had a she had a good time. She's not she does not experience any any of the conflict that her dad does. Uh, very fun, uh, very fun trip. I'm also it was a good test of my friend who we went with. I know his wishes are to not uh, post a bunch of social media pictures of his kids, and I'm fine with that. I don't care. It was a good test, though, I, I, because uh, I feel the same way, and I talked to my mom, and she's like, are you going to send me any pictures? And it's like, yes, but these are not for posting. These pictures are not for posting, especially the ones with his kids in them. Absolutely not for posting. By the way, I got to send her some pictures because I have forgotten to send pictures. Um. Oh, what else? Okay, the last thing is... uh. I guess this is going to probably end up being a short one. I did a I did a corporate gig and I did a podcast with Josh Firestein about it that'll be out. Not this next one. Uh, tomorrow's episode, as this comes out, will be John Carden, who's a former Pacific Northwest comedian who lives in Austin, Texas. Now, great comic, opens for uh, Big J Okerson and then a bunch of other comics. Um, that'll be a fun one. And then Josh Firestein and I did this uh, corporate gig for it was like 350 homicide detectives which i didn't even know there was that many homicide detectives i don't know if it's a national event or a washington no i think it was just washington state so yeah you walk in and it's like 350 cops it was really kind of funny because so they had a buffet and there was like truly it sounds like a joke but it's not josh and i went and like they were like you can go uh you can go get your buffet, you know, get a plate for the buffet. We get our buffet. Truly one of the like guests at this show 
came over and started like kind of patrolling, like kind of like sniffing out, like, what are these guys doing? These guys don't look like cops. What are they doing over here by our, by our buffet? Like started investigating what it was kind of funny. And so, yeah, then I, I did, um, it's not a typical corporate gig. It, it was a corporate gig, but it wasn't a typical cor- corporate corporate gig because there were no like specific like language restrictions. In fact, before I went up, the the guy who put the event on was like, "Hey, if you uh, are here and you get easily offended, you fucked up. Like you shouldn't be here still. Go back to your hotel room. It's gonna be fine. Don't watch this show. Don't ruin the show because you get offended. And this kind of comes with like the tacit understanding." That I know the audience, right? Like, I know that these are police officers that are not going to want to hear me have, like, a bunch of police jokes. And I did a show. I did a backyard show a couple years ago. Now, God. It was a couple years ago. Is that right? It couldn't be be two years ago, but it was, like, over a year ago. Nobody gives a fuck. Red Stripe Jamaican Lager, 4.7% alcohol, crushable. I actually will say we got this uh, this Italian Pilsner called Peroni that I've been drinking recently, and it's kind of like, man, these, these Europeans know how to make a lager beer. It's just, they do. The Italian Pilsner is fantastic. Those Belgians, they're real good at it. I think we make better IPAs in this country. I think in many ways we make better stouts. I think they have us on the more delicate beers, like the sours and the and the pilsners and lagers and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I did a show several years ago where the I knew there was going to be a bunch of cops in attendance, and I got asked to if I have any police officer material, please don't do it there. And I think, I mean, like, really what that means is don't do any negative police officer material. I have one reference to someone, like, spotting me undercover. Um, or, uh, and I say, like, uh, they could spot me, off, like, an off-duty, or no, like, a plainclothes police like, Fuck, they could spot me off-duty, like, a plainclothes police officer in, the gro- in a grocery store. By the way, uh, the... I can never tell my own jokes correctly on this when I'm like, I say I'm on stage pretty similar every fucking time. But when I have to say I'm in here and it's not in the flow of the joke, I can't say I'm for shit. Anyway, I said that and like, it'll get like chuckles. Like maybe like I would say it's a line for me where like one eighth to one quarter of the audience laughs or one eighth to one quarter of what a full laugh is for me. Like the biggest laugh I get in a set, that's what that line gets. And I was like, as I was approaching that line in the joke, I was like, fuck yeah, this is the crowd. This crowd will get what I'm saying. Like this is the crowd for that joke. And I said it and it fucking got the exact same reaction as it does in a non-police officer crowd. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just not that good of a fucking line. I like it. I think it's funny. It, it's staying. You're going to hear it if you come see me perform. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And these, by the way, these folks drink. They uh, 
They all have mustaches. All the stereotypes are true. They all have mustaches. In fact, when we were leaving, it's really, I mean, the nice part of this is like these folks, many of them probably don't see a comedy show all year except for the show. So they're very excited after the show to come up and tell you how, how well you did. And one guy like chased us down in the casino and just the biggest fucking red mustache, like a like Bill Burr in that Pete uh, Davidson movie. Oh, man. All right, well, I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm sure I have a big, big fucking banger. Subscribe to my YouTube because there's some shit about to come out that's a large segment of the people that listen to this are not going to care about. <laughs> but that I think is pretty fun. And as they uh, accumulate, I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, thank you for listening to this. If you're a, you're, if you're listening to this, you're a subscriber. So just, if you could do anything, please tell your friends, uh, to also subscribe right now. They can subscribe for free. Um, but pretty soon I'm going to turn that off and then it'll cost a couple bucks a month or more dollars per year to get these episodes. And, uh, oh yeah. Anyway. Thank you for listening. Uh, I very much appreciate it. Shout out to you, Bob. You know who you are. All right. Thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you later.